Jesus, we want to um, hear you today. We're here to hear you. We're here to worship you. We're here to honour you as King. And Lord, I pray that as we, we worship together, as we learn together, as we seek together, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will come to us each individually. Um, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come to um, convict us, to lead us, to guide us. And we ask that today we just will grow more in our awareness of you and our love for you, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. Amen. On your seats, uh, you'll have a sheet um, that will help you move through, if that would be helpful for you, to know what's coming up. And also fill in the gaps um, that are on it, just to keep it a little interesting. Some people like to guess ahead, but yeah, you can try that if you want. Hey, I've, I've got a little, you know, I just have to get out of my system. I, I've like really recently considered getting a pet termite. I'm going to call him Clint. Clint eats wood. Thank you. <laughs> Has nothing to do with my sermon. I just yeah. couldn't resist. <laughs> but you all did get a bit scared then, didn't you? Yes, a bit scared because termites are scary because they wreck our homes. Everyone has fears, right? We all do, whether we want to admit it or not, we have fears. For some people, getting a hold of a microphone uh, and standing in front of people would be your greatest fear. Some people, that's their greatest fear. Other people, they have other fears. Um, we have fears of the dark, especially our little kids. Older kids can be scared too at night time. It happens. Uh, fear that your life won't really matter. There's a fear of dying alone. It's a great fear. A fear that my secret will be found out. There's a deep fear, isn't it? A fear that I will never, ever really be loved or find true love again. <sighs> yes, we're hitting hard straight up. Hitting hard. It's last Sunday morning of the year, mate. Going for it. Going for it. So we're going to be talking about our fears today. Um, there's a a little picture that goes going around Facebook at the moment. I think Glennis shared this one. So thanks, Glennis. Nobody claimed 2023 is your year. We're all going to go real slow. Be good, be quiet, be cautious and respectful. Don't touch anything. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm usually a really upbeat, uh, optimistic person, usually a little bit too optimistic sometimes. I'm just like, yeah, it's going to be great. And when it doesn't, reality hits. I, I kind of like, oh, Okay, let's move on. Um, that's, that's how I tend to do life. Like I, I go hard and fast and, you know, let's just do stuff. And, and for me, uh, one of my greatest fears is, is that people won't come back to Jesus and to church like they did before the pandemic. It is. Because during the pandemic, for the three years, I kept saying to our leadership or whatever, people are going to form new habits while we're in lockdown. And then church and God becomes something of a good thing instead of the best thing. And we've watched it. People don't come every Sunday anymore. People choose to go somewhere else instead. They'll choose other things instead because during a pandemic for three years, we were told you can't go. You can come. You can come. And, and even more than that, we became, I'm not sure if you know, across society, every um, cafe and shop at the moment has a sign in the window saying, work. You know, positions vacant. We need people. And people are desperate uh, for positions. And, and it's the same in our church. Like we have positions that are vacant because people are more likely to go, no, I don't want to. 
or I'm too busy or whatever else. And, and it's really hard just to be, you know, last Sunday of the year that we're at church. Um, it's really hard as a church leader leading a church with lots of programs, but people don't want to step up and actually serve. And that's why, I, mean, I don't know if you've been hearing it subtly over the past few months, but Andrew and I keep saying, we need you, we need you, we need you. And, you know, if you're in the room, you're probably already serving, um, but we need people to be reaching out to the people that have slowed down in their attendance and say, come back, you know, we need you to be part of our community. We need that. So that's to be really honest. Up front, there we go. Having a fear not Christmas because I choose not to live in fear. You know what? And when I get discouraged, I try really hard to to get out of that as quick as I can because discouragement will just lead us into all kinds of danger. Um, And if we, especially if we keep feeding into it, um, we tell ourselves all kinds of things and and it becomes bigger than Ben-Hur and it's not even reality and, you know. So how to have a fear not Christmas or how to defeat the fears that hold me back. Everyone ready for this? You ready to defeat your fears today? All right. Just, you know, everyone has a secret fear. So today, we know that the birth of Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago was a great thing. But actually, when it happened, it wasn't a great thing. It just terrified people. Mary was afraid. Joseph was afraid. Uh, The shepherds were afraid. Uh, King Herod was afraid. There's a whole bucket load of people. Even the whole of of the, the, the place where he was born was afraid. I read the Bible. It says they're all afraid. Everyone's going, what is going on? What's going on? Everyone had to deal with a different kind of fear. And we still deal with the same kinds of fears today. It still happens. It might be packaged differently, but it's the same kind of fears. And we're going to deal with a few of those. We're going to look at a few. 2,000 years later, we have the same fears that they dealt with in this very first Christmas. So let's look a little bit at the Christmas story and how we can defeat the fears that hold us back and keep us from being all that God has made us to be. So what are these fears? Well, first one, there's a gap here on your sheet. Mary faced the fear of inadequacy. Oh, yeah, first one hit straight up, hey. Oh, I felt inadequate. Oh, Sometimes I look for the adult in the room or someone that's a little bit more adult than me and I realise I'm the one, I'm supposed to be the one that's got it together. I don't feel like it. It's inadequacy. Mary was a teenager. She's unmarried. She's a virgin. And she's going to have this promised son of God. How are you going to explain that to your mum and your friends? What? You think God asked you to do big things. Imagine doing that. How do you explain it to your fiancé? And the Bible says that in, in Luke 1, the angel said, do not be afraid. So first, do not be afraid. Second one is Joseph. He had to face the fear of disapproval. Your fiancé tells you you're, that she's pregnant. You know you've never had sex with her. And then she claims it's God's baby. And he's going to be the son of God. And imagine this small town. It's not a big town. Everyone knows each other. The criticism, the gossip, the rejection, the shame that's heaped on Joseph. And the angel comes to Joseph and says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. 
Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because the child in her is from God's Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, whose disapproval are you scared of? Or whose approval are you living for? Because once we start playing into pleasing others, we're not following God. We're trying to, we're trying to please other people instead of pleasing God. We're going to miss it. Okay, third one. We're going to move fast today. The the third one is the shepherds. They face the fear of sudden change. Sudden change. Now, if you're a shepherd, you've got a pretty cruisy life. You've just got to keep these sheep alive and, you know, from predators. You've got to feed them, water them, whatever else, and move them around to grass, whatever. That's your whole life. It's it's a pretty good life. And and they would have been sitting at night time. The sheep would be, like, settled for the night, and they'd be sitting around and... All of a sudden, in a world that's never seen electricity or laser beams, it just, you know, the whole sky lit up. And an angel, never seen angels, and angels are there. Like thousands, a multitude of angels are singing. It would have blown your mind. Poor shepherds, they're like, what kind of lettuce did we eat this week? You know? (laughs) Spinach, is that what it is? Spinach. Their whole world is different. Okay, the fourth one is King Herod. And um, he faced the fear of losing control. Oh, I don't like losing control. Don't even have to talk about him. (laughs) This guy, King Herod, the wise men show up and talk about this promised Messiah. And that just... Creates all kinds of anxiety for King Herod. All kinds. Yeah, he was so crazy before that. He'd had his family members assassinated because he was scared that they were going to come and take his throne. So imagine this baby being born. What? What? So he went and killed lots of babies to try and take Jesus out as well. Four different fears that they had to overcome that first Christmas. So how do I get the fear out of my life that keeps me from becoming who I'm made to be, who I am made to be? Four steps. Number one, surrender my life completely to God every day. Every day. Say, I'm God, oh God, I am so full of fear. I'm giving you the good, the bad, the ugly of my life right now. And we need to start our day every day with that. Wake up with anxieties, pray. Don't get on Facebook, it doesn't help. Because we all show the best photo of ourselves on Facebook. We don't usually get to see the worst of people's lives. Mary overcame her fear of inadequacy with her statement in Luke one thirty-eight. It said, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. I am willing to accept whatever God wants for my life. That's a hard place to get to, but it's a good place to get to. Have you ever said that to God? God, you're my creator, and whatever you want to do with my life, I'm going to cooperate with it. I might not understand it. I might not even like what it looks like at this side of it, but I trust that you know what you're doing. And now if I haven't done that, I'm living in constant tension. And that's why we have anxieties, because because God's going this way and we're going this way. And we need to be running with God. Stop and surrender. 
a few weeks ago, I've been almost too embarrassed to tell the story, but I'm going to share it anyway. So a few weeks ago, I lost my purse. Uh, I couldn't find it anywhere. We'd just been to Tugra, then we came down to church um, to do some work, put my things in the office, and all of a sudden my purse isn't there. And I'm going, well, only Marty and Val have been here, and they're not going to be stealing my purse. <laughs> so where is it? So ringing up Tugra, ringing up the shops and saying, you know, have I left it here? Same story. Have I left it here? What have I done? That anxiety, you know, don't you? You know, that anxiety of what do I do? Cancel your credit card, you know, put it on pause. Download a driver's license because I didn't have a digital one, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I kept going, God, I'm just trying really hard not to freak out right now because, you know, you don't want to redo everything. Okay, I'm going to be safe, make sure my, my money's safe, like people can't still out of my bank account, and then I'm going to just be methodical. And I chose not to. And so I'd spent the afternoon just, you know, wasting a whole afternoon and not freaking out about that. I'm just going to surrender it. It's going to be okay. Anyway, it, it shows up. I said, Andrew, can you just check one more time in church? And it had fallen down off the chair. So yay me. Um, it, was, it was found. So that was all really good. But it meant that I had five minutes to get home, get changed, and get to the gym. So fine. So race home, get changed really quickly. And I picked up what I thought was my deodorant. And it, it wasn't. I'm spraying it going, it's spraying funny. You know, you hear it and you're like, Something's not quite right. I had not only, like, your deodorant's like this tall and really small. This was the most humongous can of hairspray you've seen in your entire life. It was like this tall. Like, I've got four girls, so it was big, big hairspray. And I somehow managed to get it under my shirt, and I'm spraying it going, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and so I got my arm in there, because you put your arm down, you got to stick together. Like, it's hairspray, super stronghold. So I'm driving to the gym like this. <laughs> I got no time to change my shirt <laughs> and I smelled like hairspray and my hair's all over the place. I must have looked crazy. I just got to surrender these things to Jesus because <laughs> I can't run my own life. He needs to run it for me. And as soon as I start getting in a bit of a flap, things, weird things happen. So if you find that weird things are happening in your life, you probably need to slow down and focus on what God wants you to be doing. Know what you think you should be doing or what the world tells you should be doing. <gasps> Thank you for laughing with me. <laughs> I'm going anyway. Stop and surrender to your life to Jesus every day. Number two, stop listening to the voices of fear. Now, I remember when I was like in you know, 12, 13, we used to have sleepovers at friends' houses. We'd like camp in tents and do all kinds of, you know, we tell serious, scary stories. You know a scary story? Yeah. Well, before social media and things sitting on your phone looking at that all night, we used to, like, tell stories and freak each other out and, you know, hide behind the tent, scare them all, you know, that kind of stuff. Now, I today choose not to read or watch horror movies because I just don't like them. I choose not to. I choose not to um, put scary things into my mind. I choose not to watch... Uh, things that are going to get into my brain because I've got such a great imagination. Whatever was on that movie, that's in my house. Or it's in my dreams. It comes out in some way. So I just choose not to put it in there. And sometimes for each of us, we're putting stuff into our minds and into our memories and it's coming out and it's freaking us out and we're putting it in. Sometimes we need to stop doing that. 
We need to stop doing that. And that goes for a whole lot of things, not just scary movies. Sometimes it's inappropriate things that we watch or we listen to. Um, sometimes it's the way people talk. Sometimes it's things that are happening. And we've got to stop feeding things into our minds, whether it's books, movies, YouTubes, and, you know, there's so many things out there. And we've got negative voices all around us. And sometimes those negative voices are inside of us too. Do you know, you don't have to believe everything you tell yourself. Now, the world tells us, go with your heart. God's saying, don't do that. Yeah. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things. We lie to ourselves all the time. We tell ourselves that we're doing something good and we're not. Sometimes we're telling ourselves we're doing something terrible and we're doing it great. That's why we need the feedback. That's why we need the feedback. An objective source of truth other than our own opinion and fears. We can get that from Christians, not just cronies. They can't be the people that are going, yeah, you're right. They were terrible. We want people that actually love Jesus, that listen to his word, that read his word, are invested in it, um, that we want to hear from. We want to hear from God. We want to hear from God. Fear is the opposite of faith. So when we're walking in faith, we're not walking in fear. Just flip it around. When we're walking in fear, we're not walking in faith. They can't exist together. So some free advice. If we want to eliminate fear from our 2023, number one, stop listening to the news or online hype about the newest crisis that's going on. There's always one. And even if there's not one, they're going to keep making one up until the next one comes along that's actually real. They keep dredging up the stuff just to make people scared. Fear sells newspapers. Well, people don't even buy newspapers anymore. Fear sells clicks. <laughs> Start hanging out with people of faith. Find people that talk hope and truth and talk about what God is saying to them. And that's one of the reasons we need a church family. Okay, this, this is a great church. There's other lo lovely Bible-believing churches around. Find one. Wherever you are from, find a church that will speak truth to you and have a more positive outlook on life rather than a negative one. Okay, number three, fill my mind with music that praises God. Fill my mind with music that praises God. To get rid of fear, we need to take our minds off ourselves and get them onto God. When we're focusing on how big God is, it shrinks the size of our problems down to something very small. And the further away I get from God, the bigger my problems look. The more scared I get, the more frightened I get, the more insecure and worried I'm going to be. Now, it's no accident that Christmas is the most musical of all the holidays. There are thousands and thousands of Christmas songs. And, and we keep getting new ones every year. There's always more. Why? Because at the first Christmas, everyone sang. Mary sang. <laughs> the angels sang. The shepherds sang. It's all in the Bible. Now, we have music at the beginning of church not to have a performance. We have the music. It's actually there to help each of us as we come in. We might have had a rough morning getting the kids out of the house. I get it. It's tough. Some days, my kids have come to church without shoes. And I'm walking going, where are your shoes? And they're like, I didn't wear any today. I'm like, awesome. 
Leader of the church can't even get it together. <laughs> Lucky we're along, Jenny. No one cares anyway. <laughs> Kids can be tough. I get it. Just come anyway. If they're still in their pajamas, we don't care. They probably look really cute. And we go, nice, Peppa Pig. Or Bluey. Whatever, Bluey. Bluey. Bluey's it today. Sometimes we've had a tough week. We need to come to church. We need to be here. We need to sing together. And, and what the band does, I mean, they're good, but they're not here for your applause. We clap at the end. This is not something that's common in a lot of churches, but we clap at the end because we're honoring Jesus. We're saying, thank you, Jesus. I get to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords, and I get to do it with my family. So here's my encouragement for Long Jenny, because this is something that, you know, it's really good if you came at the beginning of the singing. Because <laughs> I know standing up here with the band sometimes, we're playing going, is it Sunday? Because, you know, <laughs> where is everyone? And by the end, you're all in here, like we get it. But the singing is what changes our hearts. The singing is what changes our, our thinking and our attitudes. It's the singing that does it. It's, it's, I mean, you're all great. I know you all love each other. And I know that we, it's great to be together, but it's the singing that takes us into the throne room. I want to walk into the throne room. I want to have my hands in the air worshipping Jesus, and I want you all to be with me. I want to go there. I really want to go there. Fill my mind with music, praises God, and gets my thinking off myself and all my problems. Okay, finally, the fourth one to defeat our fears is base my hope on the promises of God. Do you know the Bible's got 7,000 promises, probably more than that, 7,000 promises of God from God to us. And it'd be crazy to go through life not knowing those promises. And, and that's why we have anxiety. We don't know what God's promised for us. In, in the Bible, there's promises from God about our finances, about our health, relationships, our career, our past, our present, our future, about forgiveness of sin, eternal life. It's all there. It's all there. But if we don't know them, we can't claim them. They're like gifts that we've been given that have never been unwrapped. It's really important to know the promises of God. And, and it's, it's so easy these days. You can just click online and say promises of God in the Bible and you'll get a whole list. You don't even have to go looking for them. They're right there. But I encourage you to, to read the word and base our hope on the promises of God. Psalm 56, David says, when I'm afraid... I put my trust in God. And when I trust in God, I'm not afraid. That easy. I praise him for what he has promised. I praise him for what he has promised. The most important promise for us is this one. Probably the most well-known verse in the entire Bible. It's John 3.16. Most well-known verse. It's a great one to know. And this is a different version of it, but I'll read it. You might know your own version from learning it uh, when you've learned it, if, if you've learned it. For here is the way that God loved the world. He gave his only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. Did it, Jesus didn't just come to earth to forgive our sins. He did do that, but it wasn't just why he came. 
He didn't just come to earth to get us into heaven. He did do that, but that's not just why he came. He also came to eliminate our fears here and now. Hebrews 2.15 says, Jesus came to die for us so that he could free us from living all our lives as slaves to the fear of death. And that's a universal fear because last time I checked, there's a 100% mortality rate. We're going to die. And do you know what's going to happen to you after you die? And today that decision is yours. You can choose. Are you willing to give up the fears that are holding you back? Are you willing to hand them over to Jesus? Today we have, every week, we have a mercy seat. It's on each side. If you want to come and pray, give Jesus your fears. We invite you to do that. You might want to come and ask Jesus into your heart for the first time or the hundredth time. He's up for that. But don't go into Christmas and next year with fears. You don't have to. It's not something we have to carry. It's something that we give. Lay them at the feet of Jesus and ask him to take them. If you've ever had anxiety or problems or distress in your life, I encourage you to pray this prayer and then begin the journey of getting to know God this Christmas. Why don't you bow your heads as we pray together? God, I don't want to be fearful. I want my life to be full of faith, not fear. So starting today, I want to surrender my life completely to you every day. You're God and I'm not. I want what you want for my life. Help me to stop listening to the voices of fear, to be with people of faith. So right now, as best as I know how, I ask you to accept me into your family. Jesus, I want to get to know you and I want to know your purpose for my life. I ask this in your name. Amen. Respond to God now. Respond to him. He wants to take your fears. He wants to take them today.